Welcome to the Nerdaplexi Comic Movie Review Show. In this series, we are going to break down and analyze every comic movie released between 1989's Batman all the way to 2008's Iron Man. We are going to track the trends, hype the hits, and dunk on the duds, all in search of the perfect convergence of comics and cinema. Joining me on this epic journey is my longtime friend and frequent co-conspirator, Sam. Send in the clones. And also helping us out on this episode is our own social media ABC bot. It's Dave. Be kind and peaceful to each other. Eat recycled food. It's good for the environment, and it's okay for you. I knew you'd say that. So sit back, relax, and grab your law-given codpiece as we dive into Judge Dredd. So I ran a um, quick uh, Control-F on the amount of times the word law was said in the screenplay, and it was not as high as I anticipated, only 78 times. That's it? <laughs> it felt like 780 times. I am the law. That is it, yes. That is it. This one was released June 30th, 1995, directed by Danny Cannon, starring Sylvester Stallone, Diane Lane, Rob Schneider, Armand Asante, Max von Sydow, Jurgen Pranchow, the list goes on and on. What a fucking murderer's row. You two boys, I'm sure, jumped right on this. Joan Chen, Ilsa, the scientist from later. Mm. Yeah. Jocelyn Packard. That's the one. There you go. In my notes, I said, oh, shit, it's the fucking Twin Peaks lady. <laughs> <laughs> The second she was on screen, it's like, whoa, this is an odd get for this film. I guess that was kind of like the peak of her acting. The twin peak. She's on a bunch of shows. She's all over all the oh, really? big shows. She's on Knight Rider. Um, she was on uh, Mike Hammer. A lot of guest appearances. She was on MacGyver. Basically playing Mei Mei, Wang Jung, Ling Ti, Lin, that kind of stuff. Then we got Twin Peaks, and then it's pretty much back to the same. It's like one shot appearances on a bunch of things. and. That still continues. She's working on a TV series that's filming right now. Retreat is the name of that. So yeah, my girl gets some work done. A couple good voice actors in this too. You got Adrian Barbeau as the voice of Central. That's as close as we get to a real Adrian Barbeau bot. Ugh, she plays a mean Barbeau bot. <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all on that one. <laughs> this is not the first time that she's played a robot. She has voiced computers in a couple of different things. We watched something that she was the voice. Demolition Man. Also a Sylvester Stallone. Did we yeah. make an Adrian Barbobot joke there? I hope so. <laughs> and James Earl Jones. Yeah, this is not the first time. Darth Vader does the uh, prologue. James Earl Jones, uncredited. And it starts on Tatooine, basically. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, it's the same. This one has an opening crawl, and I always hate when they narrate these things, except when you got James Earl Jones. Yeah, you gotta. If you're gonna get James Earl Jones. That's the only way that that's acceptable. I'm the other way. I hate to read when I'm at a movie. It's supposed to say it to me. I'm against all of it. Don't explain shit to me. I mean, Star Wars, that's their thing. They have, like, the crawl at the beginning. Anything else, don't give me context. Just throw me right in. I want to be lost. I'll figure it out. I've seen some movies in my day. That's fair. You only have to say the cursed earth out in the cursed earth beyond the wall in the yeah. cursed earth. I'm like, oh, okay, it's a fucking wasteland. Get it. I got it. I got that when they showed it. This movie, it does commit a cardinal sin that we have seen before in this series. We do comic movies, so this kind of thing is bound to come up. They did the title title sequence 
where they showed the original comic, which is always tough when you show the much cooler version of the thing you're about to do right up front. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bad call on their part. Swamp Thing Returns, we're looking at you. Or Return of Swamp Thing, I should say. Yes, exactly. So we get to see Mega City, which is not unlike what we just read in the TMNT Last Ronin, essentially just uh, New York. We start in the dystopian... Times Square, mm. which I called Crime Square. Very good. good. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good bit going by that nice area and saying, that, oh, that must be where I'm going to live. And then they just laugh at him. No, you're going to Heavenly Haven, which is terrible. <laughs> we get introduced to our audience surrogate character, Fergie, who has been out of the city for many years. He's just been released from prison and he's returning back. And yeah, he flies over. And yeah, as soon as he's like, oh my God, this looks great. I love this city. Look at that. They've got a pool and bikini ladies. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. You're more of an undercity type, my friend. We're taking you someplace that isn't Fergalicious. You know what? From the very beginning here, I have to say this movie was released in 1995. Jurassic Park, that's 93. I like to think of that as a touch point because that's a movie that you can watch now and you can see the CGI, you can see the special effects in some scenes, but at the same time, you're like, well, that those are very good. So that's kind of like the standard I like to operate by. Here, there are sequences that are amazing and look fucking mm-hmm. so good. And there's segments that look like absolute trash. This very beginning segment, the drop ship looks pretty cool. Mega City itself, when you're flying through, you're doing this virtual fly through and you're zooming over city tops mm-hmm. and even like going down in the undercity. This movie costs a lot of money and it's all on screen. It looks good. It feels very accurate. Like this is a lived in town. As, as far as like sci-fi epics go, you know, you have your big standards like Blade Runner and like Alien where the tone is immediately set. The world all makes sense. Everything like in that world has a cohesive vision. And this movie, for all its faults, the setting is perfect. Yeah, I definitely agree. I don't think anything looks bad. I mean, it's everything except for a Judge Dredd movie. (laughs) That's the biggest problem. This is a fantastic post-apocalyptic sci-fi action thriller. It is not a Judge Dredd movie. I am one of those folks that never read a Judge Dredd comic. I hear they're great. I just never picked one up. So when I saw the movie, I just enjoyed it as a movie. Me too. We did skip this part, but let's get to it now. I saw this movie in theaters. This movie was hyped to all hell because the budget was huge. I didn't know it was a comic property even until after I had saw it, and I went to my local comic book shop, Bill and Waltz, right down on Lincoln Way there, and I went in there, and they had like a standee, and they were pushing their Judge Dread back issues. They were like 50 cents a piece, and they're pushing them because of the movie, and I bought as many as I could get because I loved the movie, and then I got into the comic, and I said, oh, this is, this is not that, but okay. Because I'll just let you know, Dave, we'll get into it more in the convergence, but the Judge Dredd universe is grimdark. Okay. Mm -hmm. If that term means anything to you. It does. The main villain is Judge Death, which is like a... That's great. Like a literal skeleton, basically. Yeah, he's a zombie. Oh, I'm here for it. Yes, and he's come back from the dead, and he's determined that life is against the law. Actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that, Sam. Judge Death was supposed to be the main antagonist of the movie, but they could not crack the look, so they had to shift. Man, am I glad they did that. If you can't get it, then don't do it. Now, this actually is not our first sojourn in the world of Judge Dredd, because it's 
perhaps not canonical. Well, the movie is not canonical, but hardware takes place in the Judge Dredd universe. And hardware more accurately nails the tone of what Mega City 1 is all about because it's bad. Everything is bad. So that the fact that these judges exist, they fit more in that world because they will just execute you on the street. But the world is so brutal and terrible, it kind of fits. Now, the world of Mega City 1, they talk about it a little bit later, but I, I just, for context, for folks who don't have Judge Dredd experience or maybe haven't watched the movie yet, they mentioned that the city was originally designed to contain 20 million people. And the current population of Mega City 1, which IMDb Trivia tells me is the size of like the New York metropolitan area. And it houses apparently like 60 million, as opposed to the 20 million it was designed for. That's good lore. Yeah, shit's bleak. That's why justice comes quick here. But let's jump into the plot. So we got Fergie. He finally finds his way back to Heavenly Haven and is immediately dropped off as they're putting down. They tell you the temperature, 76 degrees, uh, humidity at a 45 percent riot in progress. (laughs) See you later. So it it, it turns out this riot turns immediately from a riot into a block war, which apparently Mm -hmm. is a term that we should all like know about. It's like a block party. (laughs) It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. This episode might get a little bit long because I am pretty much obsessed with Judge Dredd. My knowledge is not extensive, but the world and the ideas put forth by Judge Dredd It's the first time I've ever encountered something that, like a comic or like a piece of entertainment that was not designed to make you feel good. Do you know what I mean? It's interesting. It's like it's there and it's bleak and it's it's very brutalist. So I'm going to kind of geek out here. I'm actually, wait, excuse me. I'm going to nerd out. There you go. Yeah. On brand. Thank you. I may have a nerd fit talking about Judge Dredd today. He'll be nerdaplectic. Almost. He's going to have a flesh horse. Don't have a flesh horse, man, as the old Bart Simpson saying goes. Do we have a flesh horse, Dad? Yes, exactly. The classic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was on t-shirts everywhere. So block wars. Blocks are just humongous tenement blocks, basically. Except they're like 500 stories. Block war is a direct reference from the comics. Because the director, Danny Cannon, loved Judge Dredd. And was all set to make a satirical, hardware-esque Judge Dredd movie, and Sly was like, no, let's make it funny. Let's get a funny guy in here. That's what Sylvester Stallone knows. He knows the funny. (laughs) He knows that you have to have a Schneider type, a goofy guy, so that it makes him look even more badass. Or a Pesci type, but he turned it down. That'd have been so much better. The block war goes on. Rob Schneider, Fergie, is all caught up in the middle of it. And a couple of judges, Judge Hershey and Judge I'm About to Be Killed, roll up. Judge Rookie. Judge Redshirt. <laughs> and they need backup. And then Sly Sloan comes out. You can tell he's a badass because he doesn't, like, flinch from bullets. The lethal distance is 200 meters, and they're 300 meters away. It still hurts. <laughs> I, that, yeah, it wouldn't hurt extremely bad. I had heard it once said that if it doesn't kill you, it only makes you stronger. So if it's not within the lethal range, I mean, he's just getting juiced up. 10 millimeter caseless flechette rounds at 300 meters still gonna suck. It's making sparks on metal, dog. Pain is just weakness leaving the body. And if you have no weakness in the body, then you can't have pain. I mean, that's scientific. 
he said it's not lethal. And it does make you stronger. He's good. We'll get into his genetics a little later. Oddly, yes. That's <laughs> Yeah, well, they blew that Janus we're gonna, wide open. We're going to dive deep into Project Janus. Yeah, it's Janus. <laughs> they did keep saying Janus. Oh, yeah, I would have said Janus or Janus. <laughs> um, so we, I, I did want to mention. <laughs> it's definitely Janus. It's... Not Janus. It's, it's Janus, right? Janus is Hugh's last name. I only know that because of Goldeneye. Anything would have been better than Janus. <laughs> I wrote down, because I thought it was a cloning program and I didn't have subtitles on, I wrote down Genus. Much better. Because I thought it was just Max Van Sydow having, like, an accent. Like, Project Genus, because they're cloning. Maybe that's how it started. He said it and they were like, is that how it's pronounced? Okay. Well, they gave away the lead because Janus is the dual-face god. Like, Roman two-face. So, it makes sense with Dread. Dread and Rico are two sides of the same coin. Calling it Project Janus makes it seem like the out was the intention. <laughs> Not much of a code name. They should have called it Project Genetically Modified Twins One Bad One Good. Yeah. <laughs> this crosses over two of Reed's biggest things, which is dystopian sci-fi and mythology. So they wanted to get Danny DeVito in this so it would just be twins but action. Oh, my goodness. Well, they want to get a Pesci in there, you know. But make Pesci Rico. Pesci has to be Rico. I feel like Armand DeSante kind of knocked it out of the park, though, with his better impersonation. Uh, Armand DeSante is pretty buck wild as Rico here, who is Sly Stallone's with, like, genetic identical mm-hmm. twin. Why mm-hmm. didn't they just like do Sly Stallone being Rico? He nails the physicality. He does like gestures and like sly motions and like he makes sly faces that he you're absolutely correct. He's doing a pitch perfect sly impression. Oh no. Like crazy <laughs> sly. Which is good because we have now entered Sly Timber. Sly Timber, welcome. You didn't know we were starting this early. No, I thought this was next year. I thought I had time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's happening right now. So the block war is commencing. Judge Dredd shows up. He's going to handle this fucking thing. <laughs> Make no mistake. Uh, he leads them all. At this point, we see Fergie, who's gotten wrapped up in the war. He doesn't want to be helping, and he's like a part of it, kind of. But he takes his chance to sneak away into, as Dave had mentioned, the food recycling droid uh, with that amazing line, which... For all the faults of this movie, Dan and Cannon had enough direction, at least, to control the look and the vibe, and at least every other character besides Sly Stallone, that the mm-hmm. world feels so good. There's a recycling machine that's telling you to eat recycled food and be calm. Recycled food. It's good for the environment and okay for you. And it's driving around. He hijacks that and climbs inside to hide from the judges. And he had just gotten out of prison for hacking that's what he's good at he was right to hide from the judges because they just fucking start blasting people when dread arrests him he's like well you could have killed yourself (laughs) at least that would have been legal there's a perfect line the screenplay is very good as well this is one of those movies where nothing is wasted every single thing that's in this movie is in there for an absolute reason because As he's being dragged away, Fergie gets five years because he hacked a robot to escape from the other bad guys. And he tries to explain, like, hey, I just, I I was just trying to, like, survive. And Judge Dredd said, it doesn't matter. Technically, you broke the law, so you go to jail. And Judge Hershey, his uh, counterpart here, 
has the same thing. And she says, well, you know, there's such a thing as extenuating circumstances. And Judge Dredd says, absolutely not. And as he's being dragged away, Fergie says, You're misjudging me! You're misjudging me! <laughs> That's just great writing. So the law is set up as perfect and just and always true. And he says, you're misjudging me. But he's never broken the law. Because he is the law. And that's the first misjudgment. And that's like in a horror movie that this is the sin that makes it okay that dread is punished. It's great storytelling. I like that. I didn't like you misjudged me a bunch of times. I thought it was it felt weird. But now that you said it that way, it makes it feel like it fits in the lore. So, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. You turned me around on that part. Yeah. It's like a bullet point because dread is about to be misjudged. I was hoping it was going to be in here more, and it might just be memories from the trailer. I did keep track of how many times I Am the Law was said, and it's only three. And one of those is a Schneider, which was an ad lib. Mr. I Am the Law. When he mocks him. Improv. This is Peak Schneider. He gets a little lost in the weeds, I think, when they try to make him the leading man. There's a lot of movies of his that I enjoy wholeheartedly. But I think he's always best. And I think he's discovered that now in this in the Adam Sandler verse where he's just better off as like the other guy. He's not a good lead role. American Gigolo or whatever it was. Bruce Gigolo, male Gigolo. No, thank you. It's Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> yeah, Deuce Bigelow, whatever. Who cares? It's a terrible movie. <laughs> I saw it in theaters. I didn't see this one in theaters. I saw that one. Damn it. <laughs> You bought tickets to something that that was called Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, and therefore you don't get to criticize a movie called Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. <laughs> you went. You allowed somebody to take you to that. Well, my ex-girlfriend bought the tickets. I just went. Should have been your red flag. <laughs> and yet it wasn't. So who's the genius now? I did go. It's not you. It's Rob Schneider, star of Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. It never was me. It's Rob Schneider. You're right. Deuce Bigelow, male Jiggle. Now, here's the thing. That sounds like such a great idea on paper. <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't cast well. So, like, I understand when you're fucking bumping rails of coke off a stripper's butt in the executive boardroom of fucking Universal or whatever. That sounds great. That sounds like a great idea. And then you're, like, four hours into filming on day one, and you're like, oh, fuck, this is nothing. This is what we chose? There's only, like, one thing I was sure I never wanted to see, and that was Rob Schneider Have Sex. And that's a movie, like, specifically dedicated to at least that conceit, if not shown explicitly. If not the act itself, yeah. You get a lot of Rob Schneider having sex, which is, like, the worst outcome. Frankie mentions at the end of the movie that he's a better kisser than Dread, and I absolutely believe that. I 100% believe that. I assumed he was saying he would give Judge Dredd a better kiss. He's the bard. I think he's saying he's a better kisser than Diane Lane. Oh, I like that better. But it's not what you said, I don't think. That's my headcanon. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, here's what I would say. I think Rob Schneider could give Sly Stallone a better kiss than Diane Lane. Yes, I, I agree yeah. with that. But I think he was don't saying you? that he was a better kisser than Dredd. Because I don't think Dredd would be a very good kisser at all. <laughs> I don't want to smooch him. I feel like Fergie would probably be a very giving kisser. <laughs> he definitely wants it more. <laughs> what the f- Oh, guys, sorry about those pre-show whiskeys. So, anyhow... <laughs> The big deal here is we get to see the judge council, and it's a couple of old fogies all around the judge table. 
I did want to mention real quick during the block war that the guns we find out, and this is important, are genetically assigned to the judges. The lawgiver. And also voice activated what type of bullets they shoot. You can change the style of the bullets that are fired, the form and function of the shots, and one to shoot two people side by side is called double whammy. (laughs) Official name. That's in the schematics. Double whammy. (laughs) He's in that situation way too much. I would love to, if we could, if we could post, we could maybe do like a little, a smash them up of of all the things, because there's a couple and it's like, Obviously, that's the thing that it does. Double whammy is <laughs> could have been a way more scientific title to it, but and I think this is Sly Stallone's influence here because he wanted it to be funny, and I think that scene was so badass because even as a cynical, like fucking forty-year-old man, I'm sitting here watching this, being like, when he's saying the names of the things, he's like armor piercing, and he's pow 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 rapid fire pow 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 pow. I'm like, yeah. And then he goes, double whammy. And I'm like, ah. He's like, Danny, uh, right here it says side by side. Uh, could I, what if I said double whammy? And Danny's like, absolutely not. He's like, all right, but I'm only going to do one take and I'm going to say double whammy. And it also, like, the bullets turned blue for the double whammy for some reason. So you got to differentiate. Two points on that. One, I think that you could make it a joke as well. That's the perfect point for a joke. Like maybe you could do something like problem solver. Something like that. I think there's room for a joke. But I think double whammy, after perfectly setting up at this point, before he says double whammy, you're in 90s Blade Runner. Everything is pitch perfect to that point. And he says double whammy and you're like, oh, it's Hudson Hawk. Sorry. Mm. So close. It's like sand going through your fingers. Yes. Slipping through my fingers all the time. (laughs) It's like spaghetti going through Rob Schneider's hair. Yes. Um, This might be apocryphal, but during reshoots, Danny Cannon was not allowed on set. He was like, like security held him out. They they would not let him come on (laughs) set for reshoots because Sly Stallone has the final say, basically. So that's always a good thing. What a weird time the 90s was that you could just give the star final say on everything. Well, and that leads me to another point. One of the biggest moments for like a lot of diehard fans. Not fans of diehard, though. Actually, Danny Cannon would have meant something to diehard fans because he turned down directing Die Hard with a Vengeance to do this because it was a passion project Oof. for him because he loved Judge Dredd and he was like he had a vision why oh, you keep God. calling me Jesus I look Puerto Rican to you guy back there called you Jesus he man. didn't say Jesus he said hey Zeus my name is Zeus Zeus yeah Zeus as in father of Apollo Mount Olympus don't fuck with me or I'll shove a lightning bolt up your ass Zeus so yeah that's interesting that you bring that up but the big problem going on now is like we talked about the city is like way fucking overcrowded and there's a council of judges led by Max von Sydow or Judge Fargo, who's the chief judge. And the new up-and-coming guy, Griffin, wants to basically just start executing more people, which during this process, Judge Dredd executes like a ton of people. The press is all over them. And Judge Fargo's like, can't we be more chill? And Griffin's like, no, we should be shooting more people. That's the big conflict there with the judges. What I meant to say was, 
Hey. Judge Dredd never is seen without his helmet. So he's like a Mandalorian. Yes. In the comics, I only know of one time when he's taken his helmet off and they don't show his face. It's like Kill Bill. They put a big sensor bar over it. Because it's disfigured. Right. And you never actually see what he looks like. So Judge Dredd is like a Mandalorian, but Sylvester Stallone is not a man of lore, Ian. Oh, <laughs> oh fucking okay. worth it, baby. All right. Fucking yes. worth it. That was a good stretch. You should be teaching yoga. So Fargo is giving Dread the business. He's telling him, like, did you have to execute all those guys? He's like, I mean, technically speaking, they were all guilty. I could have killed them. And that's kind of their whole vibe. But they're buds. You can tell that they're buds straight away. And you can tell straight away also that Griffin is definitely a bad guy. He's got big bad guy energy. Just by looking at him. I mean, oh, instantly. Poor Jurgen Prock now. Yeah. He just looks so evil. And interesting IMDb fact that I saw he, up until this point, had been a regular German translator for Sylvester Stallone on the German dubs. Oh, yes. Oh, that's awesome. He's done a, a couple of different flicks as Sly Stallone. He was also in. Oh, okay. See, there's my thing. I got confused. I thought he was in Dust Boot. He's in Dust Boot. The TV series. But he was in uh, Beer Fest, where they talk about being in a submarine. Yes, he was in Beer Fest. He's also in uh, Firewalk with me. He looks very evil. And he's also in Seventh Sign, which is a pretty cool fucking movie. What a good movie. Are there comics for that? We can't get it into October because it's right. seven, but maybe if we can figure out a seven one for next time. Well, for this October, I think we're still doing Spooky, right? Yeah. So we'll do Spooky or Spoopy, the eighth version of things. Right, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. We've talked about Rico, so let's finally be introduced to him. Let's head to the Aspen Ice Prison. I love the painted scenes. As you do. The sets that they had for like maybe like eight seconds, and just to build where they were. Oh my gosh. This is a very expensive movie, and the practical effects here, because they're, they're doing most of this mm -hmm. practical. Like you said, there's matte paintings, there's perspective stuff, there's some blue screening going on in a little bit of CGI. But for the most part, this is practical shit, and it looks so good. The auto cannons, amazing. So we've got Rico, and he's in like a Magneto-style containment field, and the warden has come <laughs> to... Why? <laughs> for some reason that I cannot... I'm really having a Dave moment with this part of the movie. The warden lowers the protective field to hand Rico, the most dangerous criminal anyone's ever encountered, who's here in like a black site prison. He's so dangerous, no one can even know that he's fucking here. And he gives him a package of shit that he doesn't even know what it is. He's like, here's some bullshit that some mysterious person sent to you. You can just have it. And they don't have like a mail system? The fuck? Minor contrivance. No, this is a big deal. Not for this guy who doesn't exist. I think high-ranking officials say, hey, you need to get this package to this Rico guy. But, Perhaps. I mean, maybe it's not for the warden to question. I guess you're right. As is kind of revealed later on, there's only a handful of people in all of Mega City 1 that even know that Rico exists. And later we find out that even Justice Fargo doesn't know that Rico is even still alive. His own daddy, as we come to find out. His own clone daddy. Speaking of Star Wars. Didn't even know he was alive. So, Sam, you've brought me around. 
I'm I back guess. on. Don't pay me enough to question it. Because Griffin would have told him, who's on the judge council, give this to Rico. So, I mean, he's he's like, okay, f- cool. And he does, and he does get, he gets a laser beam to the throat big time. Yeah, that was tough. Normally on a movie, when someone gets shot in the neck, it's like the end for them. So that to give him another line even <laughs> was so wild to me. <laughs> I like that gun, though. The fact that he is killed because his voice is fucked up because he did get shot in the throat. You know, this wasn't a given that he would be able to escape and make it to Mega City 1. He had to do all kind of bits, like hide in a body bag, like JCVD and Street Fighter, and just wait for the right moment to, you know, jump up. For what fucking reason are they bringing dead bodies all the way back to Mega City 1? I assume religious reasons. From Aspen. So they're flying these things, dead bodies all the way. There's not enough resources. Mm. They're 40 million people over budget. There's not enough food. You have to eat recycled food. But they're bringing corpses back for a proper burial. Criminal corpses. Makes sense to me. That all tracks. Okay, wait a minute. Fuck, I solved it. Fuck. These are supposed to be the bodies of the people that were killed, like guards and shit. That's why. Okay. But it still doesn't make any sense. They would definitely just chuck those things in a fucking hole. So as punishment for doing too many murders, Judge Dredd has to teach the incoming rookie judges an ethics class. So we get to see kind of like a uh, James Bond Q scene where he explains the lawgiver. He tells all about the different functions. He shows you the checkoff signal flare and the lawgiver. No, wait. Lawgiver is the gun. And Lawmaster is the motorcycle, which apparently this, they actually made real bikes, but because they were so heavy, the engines had to be so powerful, only stuntmen were allowed to drive them because they were worried that the actors would kill themselves. (laughs) Okay, so judges teaching a class, Rico. Suave. Rico. Oh, so Rico, he got put away because he did some um, pre-crime executions. He was kind of following the mandate of his office, but not the spirit, by killing people he thought would do crimes, which is not exactly it. Minority Report. Guilt and innocence is a matter of timing. So then we get to the actual idea, I think, behind Griffin escaping Rico is that he wants him to kill a news reporter and act as if he is Judge Dredd? Because he knows that they have, we find out later, that they have the same genetic makeup. So they're using that to their benefit so he can put him in his Judge Dredd costume, go kill this news reporter and his wife. At the corner of Abbott and Costello. There's another one of those two. He does kill the people he's supposed to kill, and we get a scene where... Judge Dredd has pulled someone over, and as a repeat offending DUI guy, he blows up his car in the middle of the street, to which I considered that truly he is a menace. Like, they're doing right by putting him away. Right, because this guy, they make it clear Hershey is about to put this guy away for probably a long time. Because if you get five years for hacking a robot to stay alive, This man has multiple DUIs, multiple violations. Yeah. Instead of him going to jail, they just fucking 
literally, he asks them, how much is this going to cost? And Judge Dredd's like, instead of putting him away also for trying to bribe a judge, he literally just blows up his car. And I get that it's a bit, but like, that's how much it costs. Your car, I get to blow up your car and you get to go fucking free. So how much is it going to cost? The answer is really like $100,000. But you don't give it to me. You have to buy a new car with that. You have to stimulate the economy is the thing. (laughs) Exactly. It did feel like a caste system thing, though. Like, he probably has a different thing in his car that says, like, hey, you can't arrest me. So he says, well, you're now a multiple offender. He does seem like he's doing the don't you know who I am thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, he probably has, like, diplomatic immunity. But they don't really delve anywhere any deeper into that. Because the whole point of it is that, like, no one's above the law, and I'll show you. But to quote the great philosopher that is Final Mm -hmm. Fantasy Tactics, Mm -hmm. if the penalty for a crime is a fine, then that law exists only for the lower classes. Especially now that you have even more hatred for the law. Yeah, it's not actually a crime. You just get to pay to do that crime. So basically, he's telling this man, it's fine. I'll just blow up your car again. (laughs) You're an absolute menace, and you will absolutely be a repeat offender. So, that's fine. Have a good day, sir. And as a repeat offender, Fergie had to go away automatically yeah. for five years. This guy, he's, he's good. To be fair, maybe Judge Dredd was about to also sentence him to a greater penal sentence. But before he got the chance, he did get arrested mm-hmm. by the black-clad judge judges who I guess are okay to kill because Judge Dredd eventually kills a lot of these fucking guys. He murks a ton of these boys, but they're wearing a different outfit, so I guess it's fine. Yeah. But he's arrested for the crime of doing that reporter murder. And uh, long story short, there's a court scene, but his DNA, a.k.a. Rico's DNA, is on the bullets, so he gets put away. Now, there's a sneaky thing that Griffin has been planning this whole time to get rid of Dredd and Fargo all in one swoop. Because if a council judge retires, he gets like a last wish. Well, just like American Supreme Court. <laughs> right. You get, you get one magic wish. He could change one bad thing. But he didn't get to fully get rid of it. He only got to make it a little better. He saved his life. Oh, you know what? Actually, <laughs> I'm here for it. Well, you know what? Here's the thing, though. This is not without precedent, actually, in our own legal system, because lame duck presidents and presidents who aren't getting elected just start handing out fucking pardons like candy. And it's not nothing to do with party. At the very end, they just do a bunch of unpopular shit. So like, oh, if I'm not getting reelected, I wanted I wanted to do this this whole time. Blah. All presidents do it. It's like just a part of the thing. So I guess there's a precedent. Fuck. Fuck. Presidential precedent. It's presidential. You got me again. That's going to be a great ad break. So Judge Dredd is going to prison. Judge Fargo has to go walk the wastes. And I got to tell you, Max von Sydow and his wasteland fallout look here. Mwah, chef's kiss. Love it. Serving up looks. Fucking yes, this whole movie. Even the prison guards in this movie look cool as hell. Everything looks great. Max von Sydow looks like he's got a big old vinyl duster and a big bad shotgun. And they give him a fucking law book like a Bible and he's going to take justice to the wasteland. Man, how cool. That's a movie I would watch. They should have just kept following Super cool. that story. That's a sequel for sure, at least. Judge Dredd has to go walk the waste. 
whatever. It's very cool. Like it very much. He goes away. Judge Dredd goes to prison. He does not make it because a bunch of horny yes. cowboy cannibals do shoot down his plane. <laughs> and they take him alive? They take him alive. They take just those two alive. Everybody else be dead or eaten. I think he was eating those folks. I think as luck would have it, they were the ones who were alive. They only missed the pilot who was pretty much dead. And from a cannibal's perspective, you're in the wasteland. I think it would make sense to capture a couple of them alive. So, like, I guess right now you're going to have to have, like, a feast real quick. So you take as many as you can carry and then a couple more. So it's like sailors at sea in the 1600s. They would take turtles with them because turtles can live an extremely long time on almost no food. And then after you get like six months into your fucking journey and you're starving, you can eat the turtle. So I'm guessing that's why they took them alive. And maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. It's just a coincidence that they were they were the ones who did survive. Also, they don't show all of the corpses. So it is possible, if not likely, that they took a bunch of the dead bodies with them, too. It seemed like the dropship was like pretty full, but I think <laughs> mm-hmm. you're right about that. Because they show one full body who's already started roasting. Because that's what I'm thinking. You can take a bunch of the dead ones. Now, this is pretty bad that I'm, like, looking into cannibal logic, but (laughs) I'm kind of a prepper. So you'd think you'd take as much of the meat as possible and start... Rendering what you can. Right, you keep a couple of them alive. Slow cook a couple for the day, you know, and then after that, you're doing a low temperature for a long time, sort of making a jerky. Salt the heck out of it, of course. Yes, exactly. Man Man jerky. Man meat jerky. That's going to last a long time. That's what you're going to survive on. You'll feast on the roast stuff, but, you know. Yeah, get the moisture out, which I think shouldn't be a problem in the barren wasteland. You could pretty much just leave them sit. That fleshhorse.com URL is making a lot more sense now. All the rednecks, they figure out that it's Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd shakes loose and kills all those guys, but not before Max von Sydow comes to Dredd's rescue, but gets stabbed in the process. Speaking of um, Max von Sydow's gear before he leaves for the walk that they, they take and they call his garb of justice. And all his garb of justice. Which I really enjoyed. The Oscar for costume design. <laughs> <laughs> garb of justice. Yes. Now that Dredd and Fargo are both gone, Griffin and Rico are free to absolutely run wild. And and also, at this point, I wrote, a lot of folks are just concepts. Like, I am the law, and then Rico is, like, saying, I am fear. I am the new beginning. I am chaos. A lot of people just are things, like, that aren't people. You have to consider, because of the Janus of it all, is that they are, like, exact opposites. So, if he says, I am the law, then Rico has to say, I am uh, the not the law. I am the not law. Yes, you got it. <laughs> also, uh, Rob Schneider tries to get away from the cannibals by acting like he's one of them. And whenever they're going to eat Rob Schneider, he says, Eat thread! He works out! Which I thought was pretty funny. They have a cannibal boy who does have some cybernetics on him. And as far as like the, the prosthesis and the, the look, he looks fucking cool. It looks cool. It held up for sure. Right, it is like a clavicle, all those like beams going in and out of his skin. He's got that forehead dial. Yeah. What you don't want, though, is an off switch on the front of your cyborg boy. The fact that you like you showed him and you base you walked sly through like this is how it works. Now he, <laughs> here's how it is when he's like absolutely passive. If you turn it up, he'll kill you. 
But if you turn it back down, it's fine. I thought it was crazy he had a PowerPoint made for it. <laughs> it seems weird to take a full fucking three minutes and just walk through proper operating procedure. Clippy even made an appearance. I was pretty happy to see him. I did think the star swipes were tasteful. It's really nice to see word art every now and again. It just takes you back. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're trying to make your cyborg boy angry. Can I help? <laughs> Obviously, Judge Dredd defeats all the bad guys, and there's like a thing, and he's got he he gets his justice. There's a moment where the Cyber Boy punches his arm into a beam, and he's stuck. <laughs> Dredd takes an a live electrical wire, and there's no other way to describe this other than he sexually teases this man with this electricity. It was a feather duster. He might as well be pouring hot wax on this man. It is very sexual. Uh, speaking of which, I think we had, Dave had maybe a, a porn parody he wanted to trot out. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I had a porn parody for this one. Judge Head, and it could have been like a BJ competition. Is this like on the beach? Like where? But spelled H-E-D-D? <laughs> I prefer Spooge Dread, and it's essentially the same exact plot, but bottomless. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> well, you had me with Judge Head. You had me with Judge Head, and then it's a beach, com- like a, a blowjob competition. He goes and arrests you, and then if you don't, I don't. Does he give the head? Maybe I don't know, but head has a competition. Are there are brackets. It's a whole thing. I mean, <laughs> you gotta get it in three acts. Yeah, so I mean, um, yeah, we're all rusty. We haven't done one of these in a long time. Speaking of which, at this point in the plot proper. <laughs> They are declassifying Janus. They're they're busting their Janus wide open because a lot of judges are being killed mm. in like under forty eight hours or something. A hundred or so judges have been assassinated. Quick little judge kill montage there. Yeah, right before that, as everything's kind of going to hell, Judge Hershey has been looking into Judge Shred. And she breaks into his locker and finds two photos, one of Judge Dredd as a baby and the other Judge Dredd and Rico. And she knows that he had a partner who he did judge. His only friend. And so she looks into the Rico. She gives the photo to the photo specialist, but he accidentally looks at the wrong picture. But the baby photo he analyzed by accident is actually a fake itself. So here's my question. Why? Why not just give Judge Dredd a photo of any family and any baby? It would have been fine. Just a dark-haired baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. He could tell that that baby wouldn't be him. He'd be like, I know, I know that baby. That, that's, that, that baby looks nothing like me. <laughs> any dark-haired baby. Look, look at that chin. I couldn't, even as a baby, my chin wouldn't be so weak. Instead, they hack the Matrix and then pull back the curtain. Or could they have taken a picture of him with real people? (laughs) (laughs) If if you're doing the photo shoot. Maybe an option as well. As Judge Fargo is dying, he tells Shred he is in fact a clone. So we find it all out. He's like, I've got a baby photo with my parents. And he's like, it's fake. I'm your daddy. It's fake. It's fake, you doofus. And Judge Dredd says, Family. Well, at the academy, you told me they were killed when I was very young. They're a lie. The people at the academy? 
were fucking like 18 if they were a day. Now, we don't see the Baby Academy. Just because they don't show it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's the real boss baby, but like judge baby. Okay. When I came to the Academy at five years old, you told me that my parents had been killed in an accident. That's all making sense to me now. That makes much more sense. Absolutely. It's like a judge daycare. That's exactly it. So, because he acts like... He acts like he never never met another fucking human before he went to the Academy. I'm getting very amped up, but I did love this. Do we know if they advance his age? Spoiler, no spoiler. Later on, the clones are going to be aged really quickly so that they become closer to the right age to be judges or whatever the plan is. So here's my theory. Some version of that existed to age Judge Dredd to 18 to be in the Academy and Rico. And the reason why they're saying that, well, we know the technology's better now, maybe the technology being bad uh. then meant you had a 50-50 shot of them being a homicidal maniac. So they cooked them both to about the right age, and one broke bad. Okay, but there's the baby photo. So they came out as a baby, and he had to grow. There is a baby photo. You just take a picture of the baby, and then you grow them. I don't know. That baby was like nine months old. Well, maybe they you age the baby... Then you take the photo, and then you age. Nine months for the picture. Take the baby out. Take the photo. Baby back in. Oh, put him back in. Cook him some more. Yeah. (laughs) It's a twice-baked potato. Okay. (laughs) You'll never remember being a baby. Just, like, put him in cryostasis, let him grow up, and they pull him out at 18. Okay. Yeah. In a couple hours at 18. I'm fine with that. That's basically Fallout 4. They unlock Janus. Janus is loose. <laughs> the Janus is loose. <laughs> Once the Janus is loose in the system, Central, the Central Barbo bot authorizes, they can make a whole ass army of new judges in eight hours. And at that point, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. let's slow a roll. Griffin says, we're going forward. The council says no. And then Rico comes in and Pretty much nukes him. He comes in blasting. Anyway, I started blasting. At the same time that all this is going down, Judge Dredd and Fergie have made it back to Mega City 1, and they've accomplished a reverse The Rock and have managed to infiltrate Mega City. And they're actually now in Judge Headquarters. Pretty easy, I guess, that part. Yeah. The hard part was getting into the the city, but the easy part is getting into the the most sanctified of inner sanctums. The most offended by the most amount of guns in this town. The heart. You are a council chamber adjacent. You're basically in the White House, and it's fine. (laughs) So just Griffin alive, and Judge Dredd, and... Fergie make it in there, and Griffin's wildin'. He shoots himself in the arm <laughs> so that the next people that come in, he could be like, oh, Judge Dredd just broke in here, and he killed all these people, and he shot me in the arm. Wouldn't they have believed him? These are the black-clad judges. He's had them absolutely murk like prison guards and stuff, like people on their side. He's had them kill other judges, and he, like you need to give them a reason? Yeah, why did you make a backup story now? <laughs> it seems completely unnecessary to have shot yourself in the arm. Yeah. Like, no, bro, we're on your side. Because he sticks the judge hunters on dread as they, like, flee through the city on, like, hovering motorcycles. And they are blowing up entire apartment blocks to kill Judge Dredd. Also, there's that one hologram that is solid. Why was a hologram solid? I wrote Tron billboard death. Maybe it was just, like, all electricity or something. It seemed like a net. 
I'll allow that in my brain now. The billboards are made of straight up lightning. They get there and they're back on the run again. They manage to escape. Judge Dredd does have to do a quick little 9-11 to get them to safety. Yeah. Only a couple of hundred people, they do blow up a whole block. Um, but they get away, which is nice. 455 and a half. He also does a little Fonz move to get the lawmaster to work, which is good. Oh, yeah, he gives he gives it a punch. He's like, hey. He doesn't really say that, but you can imagine what it would be like if he did. <laughs> There's a couple of moments here that this whole chase sequence actually looks pretty decent. It does not look too far off. I mean, there's extra noise and, like, bullshit added in, like, Attack of the mm-hmm. Clones chase, sky taxi chase. But this holds up with that. And, and there's a couple of parts that are a little bit hokey. But for the most part, they don't overexceed their reach. They they know what they can do well. And only in a few moments do they try to do a thing that they cannot do at all. There's only, like, five seconds where the CG looks like an amusement park ride. Yes, yes. Not CG so much as, like, filmed over a projector. The way they comped it, yeah. And I agree yeah. with that, because for the most part, it looks amazing. And there there are a couple of <laughs> moments where the curtain peels back a little bit. And it's jarring enough that you go, like, oh, this is looking all right. Woo. So Rico meets with Jocelyn Packard, and she's she's the head of the cloning division. She's working with Griffin, and they've got this thing. She moved on up from the uh, the timber factory. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a logical progression. Exactly how it should be. While Griffin's away, the Rico will play, <laughs> and he inserts his own DNA into the clones as opposed to the Judge Dredd clones. Yeah? Oh, no. Just like in Judge Head. Just like in Judge Head, yes. <laughs> or Spooge Dread. I think Spooge Dread is funnier. I wanted to say Spooge Bed, but that's just a rhyme. It's <laughs> now officially nothing. So we talked about Judge Death. There is a series of other like mythical judges. Is it like the Four Horsemen? Is there like a Judge Pestilence? Kind of, yeah. There's there's all kinds. I think there's a couple of different. Judge Spread. <laughs> oh, God, there it is. Thank you. Perfect. It's like a, the lawgiver, but it's like a dildo or whatever. Right. You know, it's like an orgasmo ray. They just like give, like shoot nipple clamps or whatever, or like hot wax. And it like, yeah. just says like spank mode. Double whammy. Oh, still works. Still works. <laughs> so we're getting down to it. Dread meets up with Hershey. He goes to her place and they have like a standoff. And basically the whole city is in shambles. Rico has been able to kill all these judges and just like start riots to make it necessary for them to get all these more judges. So Hershey manages to escape a bomb plot and she almost gets blown up, but she makes it back to her apartment. Judge Dredd shows up with Fergie in tow. And now they know that they need to hack these Janus files because Fargo gave them the scoop. Janus. Giannis. The Janus. The Anus files. They've got to hack these fucking babies and... So they've got to go back to Central Tower. Honestly, I was a little bit bored here, and I wasn't paying super uh, a lot of attention, but there was some sort of power surge that they put the Statue of Liberty on top of? I don't know. It didn't, Something it, like that. Kind of don't care. Some kind of reason to get a big Statue of Liberty set piece in there. It was bullshit science. They used the Statue of Liberty to hide a power outage. Something about copper or something. I don't know. Maybe. Write to us at NerdaPlexyPod and uh, let us know your Statue of Liberty power dispersal. Anyhow, that's where they keep the clones because that makes sense. That's where you would keep them. And Judge Dredd 
and the whole crew head on over there to finally take down the thing. They're armored up. They're ready. They've got their guns. They're going to do it all. And Fergie gets absolutely just blasted right away. Gut shot, which by the robot that clenches his jaw. Like, what? that robot is sick looking. We didn't talk at all about the ABC bot. Even a little bit. He looks so good. They wanted to do in a guy in a suit, and the director was like, no, fuck that. We're building a whole ass robot. And the robot walked. I mean, it's it's like hydraulics and shit. I thought it would be like a big puppet, but apparently it did a lot of things. ABC bot I've, is referred to in the in the show, uh, movie itself, but I've seen it referenced also Hammerstein, like Frankenstein, big robot. <laughs> um I really like the way the clone blanks look. I think they look very cool. Yeah, I'm super excited for this big battle scene with all of the clones. Um, and just because... I was expecting it, because I uh, I just didn't remember the movie at all. It's sure to materialize. Do you know? That you, well, I, this might not be true. IMDb trivia tells me that there were fucking like 70 guys in these clone outfits for nothing. That is the worst extra work ever. Mm-hmm. And they had to shave their bodies entirely. Imagine having to get your whole body shaved so that you could wear clone makeup for a battle that you don't even get to do. Here's another Swamp Thing, Return of the Swamp Thing parallel. All those cool fucking monsters they didn't get to fight at all. I'm still these sour on that. That elephant man should have been the one to kill. Yeah, me too, man. And these Any of them, Rochelle or whatever, it doesn't matter. At least one of them. Justice for Elephant Man, not Elephant Man the real person who existed, but Elephant Man the character. The half-man, half-elephant. Whose trumpet wail of pain haunts my dreams to this fucking day. That is like a really disturbing sound effect. All right, so let's get to the end of this thing. We're at the denouement. It's all happening. Judge Hershey and Jocelyn Packard have a fucking kung fu fight. Rico and Judge Dredd have a, have a fight. And I gotta tell you, <laughs> Diane Lane... And uh, Jocelyn Packard's fight. <laughs> Joan Chen. Are s- far superior. Oh, excuse me. I guess I should say both their names if I'm saying both their names. Yeah, if you're saying one. If, I'm so- if you're saying one, you, got- you should probably say both. Diane Lane and Joan Chen, their fight is so much better than Armand DeSante and Sylvester Stallone. It's just a much better fight. And for, except for like one moment, they do their own stunts. Yeah, there's a headbutt that a stunt woman was used for. That's good. That could have really wrecked her shoot. But other than that, their fight is great. Fergie uh, gets to kill the robot, and I felt pretty bad for the guy. All the steam coming out of him, he doesn't know any better. He's just programmed for this. He basically is the Iron Giant. At one point, Joan Chen calls yeah. uh, calls Diane Lane a bitch, and she's like, and I was like, yeah. Oh, that was so bad. That was a great line. So we get to we also get to see here the checkoff signal flare. Rico's about to kill Sly after pushing him <laughs> off the <laughs> Statue of Liberty, and he's all out of lethal ammunition. And Sly's like, "Oh, you skipped that this class, you fool! What about signal flare?" And he shoots it, and he's able to to kill Rico. Such a good way to end it, which is a great bookend because at the beginning he wasn't afraid of non-lethal bullets, and now he's using non-lethal bullets to kill Rico. <laughs> Oh, shit. Wow, Sam. Court's adjourned. Court's adjourned. This room is pacified. (laughs) The verdict has been issued. 
That's it. And then all we have left is a wrap em up here. And I mentioned earlier the COD piece, and it's they do a, a kind of a zoom up as they're showing Judge Dredd for the very first time. And he has a very legal COD piece made out of metal. And there's a moment here at the very end as Judge Dredd and Judge Hershey go out to meet the cheering masses where Sly's Leotard does his little pee pee, does you do see a little pee pee action there. So I understand. I am the cod. I understand why you would want to have that covered up. So, yet again, hmm. Danny, you were right. Excuse me, I'm using his first name. Mr. Cannon, you're absolutely correct. You did need that cod piece. Oh, and this is finally Diane Lane comes up, and or Judge Hershey comes up and kisses Dread. He drives off, and Fergie says, I think I was better kiss her. And he is surprisingly cognizant and jokey for a man who did get gut shot by a giant robot. It was in the tum-tum, though. It's on non-lethal damage. <laughs> he got stronger. He's already stronger. He's already stronger. All right. Well, I think we'll all become stronger once we head on over to the Comic Convergence. Judge Joseph Dredd is a fictional character created by writer John Wagner and artist Carlos Esquizera. He first appeared in the second issue of 2000 AD, which was released in 1977. It was kind of a British weekly anthology, and Judge Dredd became the longest-running character. He eventually got his own series, and the publication history is long. Over the years, it has moved from company to company, but the main things are it's about street judges in Mega City One, and there's a lot of what's in this movie does make sense, and it is part of the Judge Dread universe. As far as that goes, the Lawgiver has a couple of different bullet types. You've got your standard execution, which is a, just a regular bullet, Heat Seekers, Ricochets, Incendiary Rounds, Armor Piercing, and uh, High Explosive. And Double Whammy. Of course, a Double Whammy. Okay. It takes place in the year 2099. With Spider-Man. Yeah, it takes place in that in the Spider-Man universe. There's not much more going on other than what we've said. It's kind of grim dark. It really deals with like the nitty gritty. It's a lot of fun. Briefly, in the 90s, it was part of uh, DC. And I think... From my experience, that's a lot of the comics uh, out of the Judge Dredd, like adaptations and compilations of earlier works were kind of like omnibuses, basically, were made. And I think those are probably your best place to start and look. I wasn't able to find any Judge Dredd stuff on my library app, but these things have been around for a very long time. They're mostly black and white, and they tell smaller stories, but there is a really interesting overarching storyline with like Judge Death and things like that. It gets kind of fantasy-ish and hard sci-fi at times, but it's a lot of fun and I, I would suggest it for anybody, especially if you enjoyed your stay here. There is a remake that was made much later with uh, Carl Urban, which is a very good flick. And I think that's a really good starting point if you want to, get something a little bit closer to what's going on because there's like psychics and like 
full ass robots and shit. There's all kind of stuff going on in the Judge Street universe. And I would suggest anyone check it out. All right. Reception. Now, Judge Dredd is is kind of a niche project. As far as reception of this movie, it did not go over that well. The budget was $90 million, which at this point in time must have been extremely exorbitant. It opened to a measly $12 million in the first weekend, finishing out with a worldwide gross of only 113 million so got its money back that's good that's true but i'm guessing they probably dropped a solid five to ten mil on advertising alone this one was a um like big in the zeitgeist this hit right as i was in middle school so me and all my friends were fucking amped to go see this one and we were uh, entertained i always thought that this was a huge hit until i took a look at the rotten tomatoes score and the tomato meter has this one at a 22 percent with an audience score of personally a criminally low 30 percent that is wild to me i'll give you the critic score of 22 but this audience score should at least be at a 60 i would say what were you expecting because this movie is functionally very good alan silvestri did the score and the score is banging love this score it looks great but that being said before we get into whether or not we would suggest this bad boy, it's time for Who's Your Hero, Who's Your Villain? I'll go first. My hero is Armand DeSante. I, for the same reason I stated before, I feel like the dude does a killer Stallone impression. Just good enough to not take you out of the fiction, I think. That's where a great you're point. Like, yeah, this dude could be his genetic brother. Yeah. I truly believe that like it was well cast. If you're not going to do like a twin dragon's... <laughs> You know, whatever. Get <laughs> Sylvester Stallone to be the bad guy and the good guy, or whatever. Like, I, the, he is the best person I think who could have played opposite a, Stallone. A bad boy, like an evil Stallone. Yeah, I think you're absolutely mm-hmm. correct. I think my hero is Hershey. She was like one of the only people in the movie who acted like a person, not just like a caricature. I thought she was like the only grounded character, really, in the whole movie. It's interesting that you you say that because that is also the I that's like her role in the movie and like basically like she says she's like well like no I have a life I've got friends she's bringing the humanity to the judges she's looking in the gray areas yeah so yeah that's a great point I think for my hero I'm going to go with Fergie man this is interesting we we've, we've all picked the the three protagonists but this movie for all of its sly induced faults there are bones of a very good movie, and these characters and actors are doing a great job. Fergie is extremely sympathetic. Roy Schneider's not doing a bit. He's extremely funny, and it's not, like, cloying. Rob Schneider. Oh, did I do it again? Is, yeah. this, is that the second time? You said Roy. Roy Schneider <laughs> of Jaws fame. <laughs> Roy Schneider rolling in his grave. As a comparison to Rob Schneider. I can't help it. Anyway, Rob Schneider isn't cloying. Yes, and as he gets a little bit later, he's not doing a jokey performance, but it's very funny. And he, he's doing some, some pretty good acting. Now, as my villain, I'm going to go ahead and pick Sylvester Stallone, the human man. We've said a lot about how he made them do reshoots and made it more jokey. 
that's not why he's my villain. The reason why he's my villain is for his line delivery of the deathbed scene where he, he is acting in a scene as Max von Sydow is dying. And he says, don't die. Don't die. Immediately before he dies. That's all the emotion he brought to that. Don't die. He does say, though, a couple scenes later how, you know, you said I didn't have any emotions. Now you know why. So the fact that he's this genetic clone might have to do with that. Nah, Hershey's like, Hershey at one point is like, don't blame that shit on your genetics. You just got to feel your feels. Feel your feels, baby. He couldn't Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. It's 2099. It, you can do that. Better help. Me and my therapist get along great. Hit me up <laughs> if you want that referral code. I could use the free week, baby. So my villain is actually Rob Schneider's comic relief. I disagree completely. <laughs> I, I thought everything he said felt so stilted and like it was, in, it was in the wrong movie. I couldn't take it when he was being jokey. When he was being serious, he was fine. But when he was doing jokes, it was the worst. It did not fit. I hated it. My villain is the script supervisor who allowed everyone to pronounce Janice Janus. Yeah. <laughs> because not unlike comic relief, it provided a, every single time they said it, and they said it a lot, a moment where I'm like, why are they saying Janus? I feel like <laughs> there's, and, and hey, maybe that is like, maybe that's one of the pronunciations. Great. But like, you don't have to pronounce it that Mm-mm. way. You made a choice. You could say Janus or Janus or something. You know, we church it up if you have to, but Janus? I don't know. It, I couldn't get past it. I agree. They're trying to be clever, but it's extremely fucking distracting. When it came up, Janus, like, on the screen, and I saw it in writing, it was one of the times that it literally took me out of the movie, and I had to, like, take time to get back in. Mm-hmm. Here's what they should have done. If they had just called it, like, The J Project... And like, you know, whatever, keep it real, like, hush, hush. And you're like, oh, what is this J project? And then you see on a screen, it says Janice project. And like, that's the moment when you find out that they're two sides of the same coin kind of thing. You know, like you see they're both their pictures on it and it says Janice on it. And like, that could be the point where you're letting the more well-informed audience in on that bit instead of calling it what it is the whole entire time. Because it's like a cheeky little joke that the writer put it in there because it's like, oh, because it's like two. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get that. But it's, yeah, you're right. It's it's just distracting. I knew what they were doing and I was distracted by it. If you didn't know what it was, maybe it would be less distracting. I don't know. It worked in reverse for me, though, certainly. All right. Well, all that aside, would you recommend Judge Dredd to someone who had never seen it before? I watch this probably every three years. It's like one of those movies you just turn on and you don't have to pay full attention, but enough is happening action-wise and enough is completely ridiculous to give you a couple chuckles. It's not something like I would I would say like this is, hey, if you're a comic fan or if you're like an action fan, this is the movie to check out. Not necessarily that. If you're like a 90s action fan, very specific subgenre of like Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like Commando, like if those are flicks that you really enjoy, this is great for that. It's not great for like your big comic book fan, someone who's if you're excited about seeing like Judge Dredd writ large on the screen, then probably you should check out the Carl Urban one, not this one. Yeah, this is not for you. I think you're absolutely correct. If you're looking for a movie that you could drink beer and eat popcorn and watch with 
with your friends while you talk about literally anything else, then yeah, you should watch this movie. It's fine background movie. But if you focus too hard on it for just like just like five minutes, you're going to go, none, none of this makes sense. This is all stupid. So this is if, if you're going to turn your brain off, this is a fun watch, I think. It's a fine way to do it. I feel like I've never said that there was a single movie that people shouldn't watch. And I'm, I'm sticking with that. Hardware, I think. Except for hardware, probably you could you could skip. If you get that bad cut, uh, I won't think it's worth watching. If you get the good one, it's fine. Hardware, Little Nemo, and Cool World, probably skippable. Cool World, I would suggest anyone to skip, honestly. That's the only one in our, it's so far that I would say, like, don't watch it. As far as Judge Dredd goes, honestly, um, I, I had mentioned if you'd never seen it before. Now, if you've never seen it before, yeah, I think Sam is absolutely correct. Like, if you're into 90s action, check it out. If you're into action at all, if you're into Sly Stallone, check it out. If you watched this as a kid and enjoyed it, I still think that there's enough that you can watch this, like, kind of coming in cold that there's enough movie here it's put together well it happened like they've said it's 90 minutes you're in you're out all the things happen when you think they're about to happen it's a nice smooth easy watch it's right up there with action movie staples so if you have fond memories of judge dread dive back in because it probably held up better than you think any final judge dread thoughts final judgments (laughs) <laughs> are you are you gentlemen ready to issue your final verdict on judge dread yeah give it a watch death the meaning of life is that it ends pretty good that's a pretty yeah, good not bad. there's some good shit in here guys pretty good don't think about it too long because after that you're like well that's dumb just for like eight seconds too long and it's over but it's a pretty cool sounding line honestly Actually, I will stand by that line. I think that um, if you were immortal, then life would be meaningless. So um, he's not wrong, in my opinion. If you said life has meaning because it ends, that makes more sense than the meaning of life is that it ends. The meaning of life is that it ends. No, exactly. Yes. No, I think that's exactly it. It's a weird way of saying the same thing. I can see that. All right. Well, let us know what you thought of Judge Dredd. Would you rent an apartment in Mega City One? Head on over to Nerdaplexipod on Twitter and let us know. While you're there, be sure to say hello, and uh, you'll be interacting with our social media manager, Dave. Yeah, you can hit me up at the face of Dave. Uh, let me know what your weird favorite robot from this movie was. A robot or weird clone, you know. Hit me, hit me with the weird shit that you like from this one because I I, I kind of liked this movie, I think. Even though it was kind of very dumb if I think about it too long, I think I, I think I will watch this movie again. So hit me up with the weird spots that fit that, fit that mold. Well, check back in and be sh- Yes. Well, when you do your rewatch, uh, be sure to tweet that out and then make sure to subscribe to us and uh, you'll be on the cutting edge of that. Also, you could head on over to nerdaplexy.com or fleshhorse.com if you're nasty uh, to check out what we've got going on. Um, Hit us up at nerdaplexy at gmail.com if you really like emails and want to send attachments. (laughs) Scary. Spooky. Uh... (laughs) Not a virus type gif. 
Well, hit me up at read underscore nerdplexy on letterbox. We can talk movies. Show me your reviews. Uh, you can hit Sam up at PGH underscore SVH on Twitter. And until we meet again, we'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. Do you think Dread knows how to use the seashells? <laughs> I think Dread would shoot the seashells. <laughs> I think that he has a bull he has a uh, bullet dedicated to scraping his ass after he m- makes dookies. <laughs> <laughs>